beginning at verse number 11 and verse number 12, Luke chapter 9, verse number 11. Uh, what a wonderful time we have had this week, Sunday and last night, and here we are again this evening. We give God praise for all that he is doing, and I believe once again in this house tonight, God's going to minister in a powerful way. I, as I was praying and seeking the Lord uh, last week, in fact, for these services this week and and feeling after the direction of the Spirit as to what He would have for each night of this series of services. I, I felt uh, last night was, was to be uh, exactly what it was, a night in which the Spirit of the Lord would strengthen and minister to our hearts. And I thank God for His ministering Spirit that was so powerfully in this room last night. And then for this evening, I, I felt uh, of the Lord to, to kind of broaden the scope a little bit. And I believe the Lord is going to minister to us on an individual basis, but I, I felt impressed to the Lord to preach with a, a broader sense, if you will, and, and preach to us what I believe the Spirit is endeavoring to do in this hour and what the plan of God is for the church today. And I believe the Lord's going to help us. Before I read, I do want to say it's great to have my cousins Donnie and Lorena here tonight. So happy that they are here. Wonderful to see them. So happy that they made the drive over to see us. God bless you. Luke chapter 9, verse number 11. And the people, when they knew it, followed him, and he received them, and spake unto them of the kingdom of God, and healed them that had need of healing. And when the day began to wear away, then came the twelve and said unto him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the towns and country round about and lodge and get victuals. That's food. We don't use that word in Oklahoma. <laughs> That's food right there. They said, for we are in a desert place. Now, I don't want you to get discouraged. You think, my Lord, this preacher needs to... He needs to you know, have his own encounter with God. He preached about deserts last night. Here he is preaching. This preacher must be depressed. Pastor, get a new evangelist. <laughs> Amen. I want to draw your attention to that, that opening uh, phrase of Luke's 12th verse. When describing the scene and the setting of marvelous miracle that would soon be unfolded before their eyes, Luke described it this way. He said, when the day began to wear Away. So on this Wednesday evening, I preach to you on this subject, when the day wears away. Before you're seated, could we lift our hands collectively together and ask God to anoint the preaching of his word and the ministry of his spirit tonight in this room. God, we are so grateful for your word, and we know, God, that it is already anointed. God, I pray simply that the anointing that is Resting upon your word, God, let it flow off of the page tonight. Let it flow down every road, down every aisle. Let it touch every heart. Let it minister to every soul. I pray that your perfect and divine will would be accomplished in this house. God, let the anointing of the Spirit rest upon my mind and my lips. Let it rest upon the hearts and the ears of every individual in this room that we would truly hear. Not just simply what a preacher would say through the through the microphone, but God, may we hear what the Spirit is saying 
to the church today. It is our desire, and we thank you in advance for what you're going to do in this house. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, would you clap your hands unto him one more time? Thank him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Lord bless you. You may be seated in Jesus' name. The multitudes were fascinated with Jesus. In fact, here in our text, we find that with no regard to his own privacy or his personal retreat with these 12 we call his disciples, it's here that The multitude followed Jesus from their towns and and out from their villages, out into the wilderness, just just wanting to hear his teaching, just desiring to be in his presence, hungry to receive a healing touch from the man from Galilee. And so there... I picture in my mind's eye this multitude of people in the wilderness. There Jesus sits on a rock in the desert. Twelve angry and and frustrated disciples behind him. And a multitude of desperate souls before him. Miseries of all kinds and conditions gathered there in the presence of the Lord. And scripture indicates to us that there was not one of them that Jesus did not heal. Yet as as things begin to progress and the healing power of God continued to be manifest over and over to those that had gathered there in faith. Uh, as it often does even to us today when we get submersed and and we get saturated in the presence of God. Uh, Time got away from them. And daylight began turning into dust. Sooner or later, like any good church crowd would, that crowd got hungry. Can I get a witness in the house of the Lord tonight? The crowd began to get a little hungry, yet there there was not sufficient food to feed the multitude that had gathered in this wilderness. Therefore, as we read in Luke's ninth chapter, a solution is then presented unto Jesus. Luke says that then came the twelve in that twelfth verse, and they said unto him, Master, we've got a brilliant idea. Let's send all these people away, and they can go back to their own towns. They can find their way back to their own villages and they can get their own evening supper. Now, we could easily uh, be harsh on these men for coming uh, so abruptly to a conclusion such as this. But let's consider for just a moment. Uh, This had been a long day. uh, And these tired 12 were no doubt ready to escape the crowd uh, and, and get just a 
peaceful evening to themselves with the master. After all, they had planned to spend the entire day just them and the Lord, away from the people, away from the crowds, away from the busyness of the towns, just them and the Lord. Yet the multitudes had followed them, and so these 12 feel as if they have given more than their share. They have shared him all day long. They, they have, they have uh, sacrificed more than enough. So to them, it, it only seems logical. It only seems like the, the practical thing to do. Let's, let's make this decision. Let's draw this line and send everyone away. And we've got supporting reasons why. It's all there in that 12th verse of Luke chapter 9. Reason number one, the day is wearing away. Reason number two, it's the final phrase Luke uses. We are in a desert place. Those men were endeavoring to convince the master of their case. The time was late and the place was barren. The day was passing and the desert was parched. But may I preach to this wonderful congregation that since when does passing time and desert places or any circumstance in our lives since when do they ever limit the ability of an almighty God who is before all things and by him all things consist. I'm going to get to my sermon in just a minute but can I remind somebody God is not restricted by time neither is God restricted by the lack thereof. God's not even bound by barrenness. I preached about Sarah last night, but consider her and Elizabeth, who both, after being barren, God gave birth to sons in their old age. Their time was past, and their womb was barren, but God was unhindered. I believe it is time in 2023 that we lift up our eyes off of this dismal day and this daunting hour that is before us. I believe it's time that we stop being so easily distracted by the darkness of this world and we set our gaze upon the unrestrained power of God. Come on, I just happen to believe that in spite of the time, in spite of the barren state of this hour, the fact remains, with God, all things are possible. If you believe it, clap your hands and shout amen. Luke says the day began to wear away. Sunlight was slipping behind the horizon as nightfall was nearing. The heat of the day was fading into a cool evening breeze. The sky would turn that temporary shade of orange as it slowly but surely transitioned into darkness. The stars would soon find their twinkle the, the moon was preparing to glow 
And it became an obvious fact to everyone in that wilderness. The day was nearing its end and the day would soon be over. And I must rise obligated of the Spirit to declare in this house tonight such are the signs of these times in which we are living. Ladies and gentlemen, the day is wearing away. Not only that, but morals are wearing away from among our culture. God consciousness has faded from familiarity. Darkness has saturated our society. Come on, I'm going to preach about the world that you're living in tonight. Evil has befallen us at an unprecedented rate. Perversion has plagued our land. Offense and hate seem to rule our society. And suffice to say, for the sake of time this evening, sin itself, in every sense of the word, sin has far surpassed the boundaries of what any God-fearing believer ever thought was possible. If we could rewind 50 or 60 years, I, I believe we, if we could ask the elders who have come and gone, if, if they would have ever foreseen that in our lifetimes, in the generation following them, that we would face now some of the things that we are facing, I believe their minds would be blown. I believe they would be confounded. Amen. Because it is evident to you and I, ladies and gentlemen, this day is wearing away. Nightfall is nearing and time is short. The second coming of Christ has never been closer than it is today in 2023. I know this may sound a little timey for a few minutes tonight and we'll move on and get to something that maybe uh, gets us a little bit more excited. But for a moment, just listen to me. I believe this dispensation of grace will soon be over and we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Therefore, it behooves us to discern the signs of the times that we be not blinded to that, that midnight hour that is so quickly approaching for indeed I remember the song being sung as a kid we shall soon hear that midnight cry that shall call the pride of Christ to rise. Therefore, may all of us in this room tonight, may, may we be as those five wise virgins who took oil in their vessels and, and trimmed their lamps. For when the cry was made at midnight, behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. The Bible says in Matthew 
I believe it's Matthew chapter 25 and verse 10. They that were ready went in with him to the marriage. Can I preach for just a few minutes here this evening? Every time Bible prophecy concerning the last days is fulfilled, there is a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. With every day that passes by, that cry gets a little bit louder. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. In every famine that arises, in every pestilence that sweeps across our globe, in every earthquake that rattles some remote area of the world, there is a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Every time you hear of nation rising against nation, there is a cry made. Behold, get ready. The bridegroom is coming. The closer we get to that moment in time when none can buy nor sell without the mark, that cry becomes amplified the closer we get I know we don't preach about this a whole lot but the closer we get to the revealing of the antichrist himself you hear it all the more amen behold the bridegroom cometh can I, can I take about 30 seconds more and just remind us it's, it's a certified fact ladies and gentlemen Jesus is coming soon Jesus is coming soon. It's not just a sermon that your old preacher used to preach. It's not just something the old timers used to sing about. It is a very soon coming to pass reality. One of these days, the eastern sky shall part and the trumpet shall sound. The dead in Christ, they shall rise first and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord come on I believe as the people of God we ought not have all of our attention on this world and on this life we ought to have our head lifted up we ought to look up from which cometh our help we ought to have our eyes fixed on the eastern sky because Jesus is soon to come He's coming. I'll say this and I'll move on. But just as it was in Scripture, so is it today. There are many who are saying, where is the promise of his coming? I've heard that preached. I've heard that sung. It ain't happened yet. I saw a Facebook post here some time ago. you got to be careful about them. But I saw a Facebook post some time ago. And, and, and something was said about the coming of the Lord being closer than it had ever, ever been before. And there was this man that commented and he said, I've been raised around church all my life. I've heard that it's happened since I was in Sunday school. He said it hadn't happened yet and I'm beginning to wonder if the Lord is ever coming back. Don't you dare let that doubt get in your spirit. Don't you let that unbelief get in you. If, if God said he would come back for his church, then just like every other promise, just like every other covenant, if God made a covenant of salvation for with his church, then you can mark it down. He will, make, he will fulfill his covenant of redemption and he will redeem us once and for all. Praise God. Yet, yet, yet with all of that being said, although the hour is late, 
sun is setting. I want you to hear this preacher tonight. God is still at work. I know it's dark. I know it's getting darker. I know that sin is at an all-time high. But God is still at work. In fact, I would say God does his best work in the dark. God stood in the darkness and said, let there be light. And there was light where there was darkness. God wrestled with Jacob and changed his life in the darkness. He led Israel out of Egypt in the darkness. He sent an east wind to roll back the water and to make a path through the sea in the darkness. It was on the nighttime dew that God fed his children in the wilderness. Victory rode on the wings of the night when Gideon's army smote the enemies of God. It was in the night that that angelic host serenaded the shepherds saying, Go to Bethlehem, for unto you is born this night in the city of David a Savior. Ladies and gentlemen, it was in the night when the prison doors in Philippi were opened after Paul and Silas's song and prayer. It was in the night that a preacher stood up amid a troubled ship and said my God has sent his angel to stand by me this night. Can I preach on Wednesday night if you think that just because this day is getting dark that God is going to fold his arms and forfeit his will then baby you are great deceived if you think that God is going to somehow call off every promise of end time revival because of how bad things have gotten in the world around us amen then you are greatly deceived yes this day is wearing away but you hear me God still has a plan for this present hour God's still in control and God still has a purpose for this moment of time. And when the disciples came to the master and suggested that they just dismiss the crowd and send everyone on their own way, Jesus revealed by his words to them that there was something he desired to do. In the evening hour. Can I preach to this wonderful congregation? I know it's dark and the day is wearing away. But I believe there are things God intends to do. In the evening hour. I believe God has some evening time intentions for the church. In fact, I believe there's never been a greater time to be a part of God's church. I believe this is the greatest opportunity to be in God's church. The church has never had a finer hour than right now, today. I believe that all of the great revivals that have brought us to where we are, thank God for them, but they have culminated to this very moment in time. And I declare in this house today, we've not seen our greatest revival just yet. 
We've not seen our greatest harvest just yet. We've not seen God's greatest miracle just yet. We've not seen all that God has promised just yet. We've not reached our greatest potential just yet. We've not reached our community just yet. And although the day is indeed wearing away, I submit to you this reality tonight. The day isn't over just yet. I don't have it all figured out. I'm not an end time guru and I don't have some timeline to throw up on the screen to let you know how it's all going to pan out. All I can tell you is this. However much time we got left, God only knows. But this I know. The night cometh when no man can work. But until this day is over, we must work the works of him that has sent us while it is is day. I know it's getting darker, but I just believe God has a plan for the evening hour. In fact, God said exactly what that plan was. Peter preached it. I talked about it Sunday a little bit. Peter preached it in the book of Acts chapter 2. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall dream dreams. Your old men shall see visions. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit. Zachariah said it this way. In the last days he said there shall be light in the evening time. That tells me against everything the enemy would try to convince me of. uh, Against all of the darkness that is ever encroaching upon us. uh, There will be a harvest of souls. Uh, There will be miracle signs and wonders uh, for the glory of God. Uh, There will be people come back to God. Uh, There will be addicts delivered. Uh, There will be alcoholics set free. Come on, I'm preaching about God. what God wants to do in Moss Hill right here at the Church of the Crossroads. Atheists will come back to God and bow in reverent worship. Slaves of sin will become servants of God in the evening hour. Sinners will be forgiven of their sins. I believe in unprecedented measures in the evening time. Souls will go down in the waters of baptism one after another in the evening time. They will be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost in the evening time. Jesus' response to his disciples' suggestion reveals that there are three things that God is doing in the evening hour. Jesus said, hey boys, rather than send them on their way, give them something to eat. To which those men responded, Master, all we have are five loaves and two fish. And Jesus then said something. 
that would both confuse and challenge their faith. Jesus said, Luke 9, chapter, or chapter 9, verse 14, Jesus said, make them sit down. Now, such a statement, kind of like last night, God's question to Hagar, such a statement seems utterly strange when considering the outright lack of food that was available. Yet the mission of the master in this moment was to challenge the faith of his followers in the evening hour. I'm going to make three points here before I'm done. I'm not going to preach a long time tonight. But first of all, I believe what God is doing in this evening hour with this darkness that is encroaching upon us, God is first of all challenging the faith of his followers. Look at our text. Just a few hours before this moment, there wasn't a care made or any thought given to any limit being on the power of God. Jesus had preached the kingdom all day long. Right there in their presence before their very eyes. He had healed the sick and opened the blind eye and made straight the withered hand that very day. The lame were now leaping. The dumb were now speaking. Yet now the approaching darkness seemed to change everything. They had had faith earlier for healing. But it seems that no one has provision or faith. No one has faith now for provision. The same Jesus on whom they had believed for many miracles all day long, they now bypass and they believe not for this need by night. It seems as though as long as as the sun was shining, it was easy to believe on God. As long as the they burned bright. It was easy to have trust in God, but now they trust Him no longer because the hour was late. I have to ask, could God not rain down manna from heaven for them? Just as easily at God as God had done that same thing for the children of Israel centuries earlier in their wilderness. Could not God do that for them just as easily as he had opened the blinded eye and healed the crippled that very afternoon? Could, could God not repeat that that, that great miracle of old and send a raven with bread and meat to feed them just like he fed the prophet Elijah. 
It was not that God had hidden his ability or power from them. He had made that blatantly clear. Yet somehow their faith failed to believe him when the day wore away. Can I preach for a few minutes in this room tonight amid the ever-increasing darkness of this day? I would admonish everybody in this room, we must not lose our faith in God. We must not lose our trust in His all-sufficient supply. We can't get so caught up in the time and the hour and the elements that we forsake to put our trust totally in Jesus Christ. Jesus Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 31, he said, take no thought saying what are we going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't wonder where you're going to get your next set of clothes. Jesus said, your heavenly Father knows that ye have need of all these things. But... Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. What would happen if in these last days we put our trust totally in God and believed that if I'll put him first, he'll take care of everything I stand in need of. Eight thirty-seven. Let me slip this in. Could it be that the reason that they were so quick to believe on Jesus for the healing of their physical bodies that afternoon was because that was beyond their own ability to do themselves? You know what, you know what I'm talking about? You get a di- diagnosis from the doctor. Doctor says, I can't do nothing. You can't do nothing. It becomes pretty easy to come to church and have faith in God for a miracle at that point. <laughs> but when it came to their overdue evening supper, a good church crowd knows where to find food. And they never considered consulting the master's provision because they knew they could do that. They could provide that need without him. And I would make this simple point as I move on tonight. This hour is far too urgent for us to forsake our faith and begin to Depending upon our own abilities and the arm of our flesh. This is no time to abandon our beliefs. This is no time to depend upon our own strength. In fact, if I, if I could just say it tonight, as our world continues to darken and darken and darken, you hear me tonight, humanity will increasingly become tempted to rely upon flesh. 
I'm not going to get into the revealing of the Antichrist and all of that stuff. But how do you believe? How do you think multitudes will follow his influence? They will be looking to put their trust in the ability of a man. Ladies and gentlemen, we must make sure right here and right now that we are denying ourselves and depending completely upon the spirit of the almighty God. What did Solomon say? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. We must not let the ever-increasing darkening condition of this world diminish our faith. I believe even in this room, I'm, I'm moving on, but even in this room tonight, God's trying to stir up somebody's faith. God's trying to renew somebody's confidence in trust. Maybe I'm talking to somebody right now that you, I know last night, I got on it a little bit and the Spirit of the Lord ministered. But maybe there's somebody else in this room tonight that you're discouraged and you're despondent. I believe God wants to renew your faith. I believe God wants to stir up that faith within you. It's what he wants to do in the evening hour. Secondly, in a hurry, after instructing his disciples to seat the people, Jesus beheld the hungry multitude. And in Matthew chapter 14, verse 16, the same occurrence, just this time recorded by Matthew, Jesus says to his friends, they need not Depart. Jesus was right then revealing his second intention for the evening hour, and that was to reach for the multitudes. When Jesus looked out and he saw that great number of people that stood there hungry, the compassion of Christ manifested itself and caused him to tell his disciples don't 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 let one of them slip out of this wilderness don't let one family get out the back door because they don't need to go looking anywhere else they don't need to go relying on anyone else they don't need to go searching for another Because although there was an innumerable host before him, here's the reality. There was not one that Jesus was not reaching for. No one was excluded. Nobody was left out. He was reaching for everyone. Miracle of multiplied bread and fish that was about to unfold before their eyes was not restricted to some elite group or some select few. Rather, the compassionate heart of Christ desired that everyone receive of what he had provided. 
can I preach for a few minutes in this room? So is the case in this evening hour that you and I are living in. When so many are looking here and they are looking there for an answer to life's problems. I hear Jesus saying they need not depart. They don't need to go looking in this world. They don't need to go searching in this or that. I hold in my hand. I have preserved in my word everything that they need. And can I tell you what God is doing in 2023? God is reaching for the multitudes. God is reaching for everyone. Whosoever will, let them come. Nobody's been left out. Nobody's been excluded. It doesn't matter their race, their color, their creed, their background, their culture, their nationality, their social status, their political party. It doesn't matter. God, in the evening hour, is reaching for the multitudes. I'll tell one story and then I'll hurry to my last point. There's a church that my wife and I have been privileged to minister in on a yearly basis, sometimes biannually, but at the very least, uh, at least one time, usually in January, at the beginning of every year. Been preaching there for quite some time now, uh, probably seven, eight, nine years. Uh, every year we go there and we've seen God do some wonderful things. It's not a large church by any means. In fact, uh, for some time they've, they've been on, on the smaller side of churches. Uh, but something has something has clicked with the Mahaney in the last several months. Beginning, I believe it was last fall, they got an open door into a a um, a alcohol recovery. Actually, it's not alcohol recovery. It's a it's some kind of a a halfway house, so to speak, a a transition institution that helps uh, men coming out of prison, transition into society. And, and somehow, by miraculous provision of the Lord, this church uh, got connected with this institution. And, and these men that are in this, this house, this building, uh, they, are, they are given extra credit, so to speak. I don't know the exact terminology, but they are, they are given extra credit by attending uh, church services at the Apostolic Church. And, and a church uh, that, that, I don't know, I, I, I probably shouldn't even say this, uh, a church that, that, I don't know, maybe on a, on, a, on, a, on a good Sunday had about 50 people. They are suddenly now experiencing double that in visitors. In a matter of months, their church has, in fact, more than doubled. And on one Sunday, they had, I believe it was 41 first-time visitors. And one after another, they are baptizing them in Jesus' name. God is filling these men with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They are teaching Bible studies to their families and God is igniting a flame of revival in the evening time. Can I just tell you I believe it's the will of God that in Moss Hill there be more than you've ever seen walk through those back doors. 
Why do you think pastor has the vision uh, to build that new building? Uh, Why do you think he's been dealing with this one, that one, and the other one, uh, fighting to see the fulfillment uh, of that vision? Uh, Because this good man believes uh, in the mission of God in the evening time. Uh, We've got multitudes to reach. Uh, There are multitudes of souls uh, that God is reaching for in this day. God. Thirdly, and I close here, Jesus not only challenged the faith of his followers, he not only reached for the multitude, but his third intention was to fill the hungry. To fill the hungry. Jesus, he blessed that bread and fish He broke it and he multiplied it to the extent that everyone in that wilderness ate and they ate and they ate until they could eat no more. You say, well, how do you know that, preacher? Because when it was all said and done, there were 12 Baskets of leftovers. And I don't believe there would have been any leftovers had some of them remained hungry. If they had still been hungry, they would have continued to eat and to eat until all of that bread and all of that fish was gone. But the fact that there were 12 baskets of leftovers tells me that as many as would partake and as much as they could partake of, God said, I've got more than enough. This is where I'll close. I believe what God is doing in the earth today. I have not been able to get away from it for weeks and a couple months now, in fact. I believe God is stirring up in the earth today a revival of hunger. God is stirring up a hunger within the hearts of not only his church, but there are people in this community. There are people in Moss Hill. There are folks that used to frequent this sanctuary. Folks that used to be here Sunday after Sunday. And they walked away from God. Perhaps even said, I'll never walk back through the doors of Moss Hill. You're not a Pentecostal church. Amen. But can I tell you what I feel in the spirit and what I've seen with my own eyes in many other places. God is stirring up a hunger within their hearts. And God God is supernaturally drawing. Did not Jesus say that in the last days it would be as it was in the days of Noah? I'm going to go into all that. But what might could be called the the forgotten sign of the last days is when Noah got that ark completed, Brother Anthony. Noah didn't go on a great white hunt to round up all them animals. 
He didn't get his his cowboy boots and his Texas-sized cowboy hat and his lasso and rope and go round them all up one by one. But rather the Spirit of God supernaturally drew them two by two. Miraculously, they just made their way into the ark of safety that is symbolic of the church. I've seen it over and over the last two years. I'll I'll be in a service just like this, and the pastor will lean over and say, Brother Hart, you see that lady right there? You see that family back there? Never seen them before. They've never been in church, never known God, don't know a thing about it. They were just walking by and felt compelled. I can't tell the whole story for time's sake. Uh, but we were preaching somewhere last year, I believe it was. Power of God was moving. We had a great service Sunday morning, Sunday night. Power of God started moving uh, during the worship. And, and I didn't preach that night. Just, just all over the building. It wasn't just in the altar. All over the building, God was doing miraculous things. And, and I can't even begin to tell you all that God did. It was an incredible night. Uh, God was moving. And, and I looked up, and, and there was a woman that was standing right in the middle of the altar area just in front of, of the pulpit and I hadn't seen her we've preached in that church before never seen her before in previous times preaching there and, and I knew she wasn't there that morning and I didn't recall seeing her there uh, before or at the beginning of service and, and I learned later that this woman was was uh, someone who had attended uh, an apostolic church several hours away in another part uh, of the state uh, and hadn't attended for years and years and years, totally had walked away from God. Uh, and, and she had relocated to the area and she was driving by uh, the Pentecostal church. And the Lord spoke to her. Didn't know anybody in that building, didn't know anything about the church. Uh, but the Lord spoke to her and said, you need to turn in that parking lot and go into that service and that lady walked in the building she walked down the aisle I can't recall if she stopped at a pew for a few minutes or if she came straight to the altar but nevertheless while all this was going on all over the building God moving she walked to that altar lifted her hands and God refilled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost Nobody invited her. Nobody could pick her up. Nobody had taught her a Bible study. But the Spirit of God was simply drawing a hungry heart. So it is right now as you stand to your feet, God is willing to fill the hungry, both outside these walls and inside these walls. Oh, that on this Wednesday evening there could be a revival of hunger in every heart here in this house tonight. Oh, that we could get to a place where we say, God, I need you more than I've ever needed you before. I want more of your spirit. I want more of your glory. Come on, I'm telling you, God's intention for the evening time will completely be fulfilled if we could ever get so hungry that we press our way into the promise of the Lord. You say, 
You say, Brother Hart, well, well, is it worth the try? What is my guarantee? I'll give you a guarantee. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6. Jesus said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you can let a little hunger rise up in you tonight, God said, I won't leave you unsatisfied. I won't leave you alone. I will come and I will satisfy every hunger. Praise God. Praise God. In spite of the coming midnight, I believe God can do miracles. In the evening hour. As I open this altar tonight, can I tell someone, it doesn't matter how dark your situation is, God can do a miracle in the evening time. It does not matter, amen, how dim your hope seems, God can do a miracle in the evening hour. It doesn't matter how despairing your need is, God can do a miracle even in the dark. It doesn't matter how cloudy your mind has been here lately. I believe right now God could do a miracle on a Wednesday night. Come on, the darkness can't stop him. I know I've preached about our world tonight and the state of our society. I know I've preached about what God wants to do. But can I tell you what God is able to do right now in this moment? However dark your world is. However dark your family situation is. However dark your health crisis is. God can do miracles in the midst of the darkness. Come on, would you lift your hands all over this building right now? And would you begin to put your faith in the power of an almighty God? If he's ever done a miracle in your past, I wish you'd lift your voice today and begin to believe that one more time, again, God can do the miraculous even in the presence of darkness. If God's ever answered your prayer before, why don't you throw your faith upwards toward heaven and say, God, even in my darkened condition, you're still a prayer answering God. Come on, if God's ever delivered you before, he can do it again. The darkness hasn't changed his power. Come on, the evening time hasn't changed his ability. Come on, he can do miracles before the midnight comes. He can do the supernatural. Come on, that's it. Someone lift your eyes up above the darkness. Somebody get your perspective. Shift it toward the Almighty. Somebody lift your gaze upward. Come on, get your eyes over the cloud. Get your eyes over the dark. There's a God that can do miracles in the dark. There's a God that wants to fill the hungry in the dark. He wants to reach the multitude in the dark. He wants to minister to your soul, even in the darkness of your situation. I'm not worthy. 
Come on, that's it. Begin to pray in the spirit right now. Come on, that's it. Begin to pray. That's it with your faith yielding before God. Feel me. Feel me. Feel me. revival. If he did it when the sun was shining bright, he can do it when the darkness closes in. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. I loose the power of the Holy Ghost in this room. In the name of Jesus. Let every doubt be gone. Let every spirit of unbelief be gone. Let every fear be gone. Let every pain be gone. Let every sickness be gone. Let every spirit of the adversary be gone. In the name of Jesus.
reach over to somebody and just connect your faith with their faith for a moment in this place. I believe a service like this on Wednesday night can cause a shift within us and within our church that propels us to that new place that God wants to take us. said it last night and I have felt it all day long in my spirit and what Brother Hart has preached confirmed what God was stirring in my spirit. I said it last night if we could only see into the realm of the supernatural if we could get our natural eyes off what we see before us and if we could see into the Spirit, we would see hearts and souls and lives and people that God is stirring up. Family members that you never think loved ones, co-workers, people that you would never think God is stirring something up in their spirits.
And you know what they're waiting for? They're waiting for a church that will just reach out to them. I believe with all of my heart that God can bring people into the doors of this place. We've seen it happen. We've seen it many, many times. People come in and say, are you having revival? Is this a Pentecostal church? What's going on in here? And, and God would touch them. I believe God wants to do that, and He can do that, and He has done that. But I want us to open our eyes of the Spirit to see those that are waiting for us to go to them. I believe that's what God is stirring up in the Spirit in our community, in our surroundings. I was talking to Sister Amberly before church and we were talking about winning souls and the methods and how we were going to do it and how it was going to be done in the last day. And I said this. I said, we've got to reach those in the circle of our influence. Those at school with us, young people. Those that we sat down to lunch with in the break room with every day. Those that we rub shoulders with in the checkout line. Those are the ones that God is waiting for us. He's given a promise. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. I don't care how God sends the revival. I just want to be a part of it. I just want to be a part of it. Whatever method it is, whatever way it is, I've said it before, if I don't preach the sermon, but I'm there. I can be a part of it. That's what I want to do. When the day wears away, we are living in the last day. How many believe that? 